Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. So let's continue this series, The Quest for Purpose. Someone say, The Quest for Purpose. Say it again like you believe it. I think some of you fell out there for me. Someone say, The Quest for Purpose. A quest is a journey. You go searching, you go looking, man. Our whole life is a quest for purpose, but let me tell you, along the way, God has always done this so well. He's been doing it forever, and God is so good at this. Developing and unrolling his plan so that you keep seeking him, so you find more details of his purpose. Some of you have found your purpose. You say, man, this is what I'm supposed to do. See that? I'm one of those blessed people that I can say, this is my calling in life. But day by day, I find different aspects of God's purpose for me. How many of you know God is a God of plan and purpose and design? Someone say that with me. Say, God is a God of plan, purpose, and design. No accidents with God. So today we're going to talk about some more things that God brought you to this planet for. All right, let's go to Luke chapter 14, verse 16. Luke 14, 16. Look at this. You're going to like this. This is another parable, but this is so powerful because it speaks to me, and I pray it speaks to you about purpose. Let's read through this. Luke 14, 16. Jesus replied with this story. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. He's talking about the Lord, isn't he? Talking about himself. He's talking about God inviting people to the kingdom of heaven. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guests, come, the banquet's ready. But they all began making excuses. Don't you love excuses? I don't. They all began making excuses. Excuses are weak. They all began making excuses. One said, I've just bought a field and must inspect it. Wait, you didn't expect, inspect it before you bought it? Okay, please excuse me. Get out of here. Whatever. Next. Another said, I've just bought five pairs of oxen, and I want to try, try them out. I just bought a new car. I can't go serve God, man. I can't be part of that. i got to try out my new car. Whatever. I want to try them out. Please excuse me. How polite. Next one said, another said, I just got married, so I can't come. I don't know how that relates, but okay. The servant returned and told his master what they had said, all of them. His master was furious and said, okay, go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town. Invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, the lame, the underprivileged, those that are lacking. The ones that I invited don't want to come. Now the invitation has been expanded. Wow. Invite the poor, the blind, the lame. After the servant had done this, he reported, there's still room for more. So his master said, okay, now go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges. I believe one translation says the highways and byways. And urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. Someone say, so that the house will be full. For none of those I first invited will get even the smallest taste of my banquet. That is crazy, right? I need to say this. I believe God was speaking to me about this in in worship, there's a lot going on here. We're going to get into the quest for purpose. I'm going to talk to you about what you were created to do with my first point today. We're about to get into that. But remember, COVID was a test. COVID was a test. I've said that for months. 
pastor said that for months. It was a test of faith. Someone told me that this, they met with me this morning. They said, you know, COVID was a test of our faith. Exactly right. God's revealed that to them. It was. It was a test of our faith. And I'm not going to get into the ins and outs of all that and the politics of it. All I know is it was a test of our faith. Get ready, though. There's more to come. And that was just the beginning. Faith is not faith until it's tested. A covenant's not a covenant until it's tested. Authority is not authority until it's tested. I've had my authority tested before, and I said, okay, that's it. Now a boundary. Anybody a Star Wars or sci-fi fan in here? You know what a good boundary is? A blast door. Close the blast doors. That's a boundary. No more access for you. You're shut out. That's it. That's it. A boundary, right? God is testing us. I believe he tested our boundaries. I believe he tested our faith. I believe, once again, authority is not authority till it's tested. Faith. You don't know about faith back in the day, Pastor T.D. Jakes. I know some folks say, man, some of his beliefs are questionable. I don't know about Pastor T.D. Jakes. Look, he's called to be a man of God. I don't know about his politics or his beliefs, but I know he's one of the baddest, most amazing preachers I've ever heard. Some of the stuff he's spoken to me over the, over the years has blessed my life. Man, he, he spoke a message that blew me away just a few days before my mom passed away. And he was talking about his grief with his mother-in-law and his mom and what he went through with his daughter. And one thing he said years ago, and I'll never forget it. In 1995, I first heard him say this. He said, you don't know what faith is until you've been in a fight. You don't know what faith is until you've been in a fight. So that's a little different spiel there. I just wanted to, I just wanted to lay that down today and just remind you, look, God's going to allow your faith to be tested. I'm looking over here at the Enojo. Sir. Hey, Sophia just lost her dad. Her, here she is worshiping God. She's here. They're here. She's, her faith has been tested, though. You mean she was about to stop believing? No, but when you get hurt, when you feel lost, your faith is tested. When mom went to heaven, man, my faith was tested. I don't know why I'm going in this direction. This is not part of the plan. Isaiah 57, verse 1, please. That is not in the schedule I gave them. Please allow them a few moments. They're quick, they're sharp, they're on their toes. But Isaiah 57, 1, I think we're going to read verses 1 and maybe 2. Isaiah chapter 57. This is ministered to me. This is for somebody today. It might just be for Sophia. I don't know. But I look over at her and I see her going through it because she lost her daddy. Look at this. You mean God talked about, oh, he talked about everything. He didn't talk about smartphones. Yeah, but he talked about idols. I'm just seeing if you are still here. I just want to see if anybody want to say anything else. Good people pass away. This, this minister, man, dad brought this scripture up to me lately, and I was floored. It knocked the rest of my hair off, man. It just, it just blew me away. Good people pass away. The godly often die before their time. What? But no one seems to care or wonder why. <laughs> I care. I wonder. He said, no one seems. No one seems to understand. Make sure you silence your phones, please. Or I will keep your flip phone, your StarTac. No one seems to understand that God is protecting them from the evil to come. I'm so glad my mom wasn't here for that whole crazy COVID junk. I think that would have stressed her out. 
I miss mom every day, but man, no one seems to understand that God is protecting them from the evil to come. I'm telling you right now, COVID was a test run. You said, that was the enemy, that was this. God uses all this stuff. God allows stuff, and then God goes, okay, your faith is tested now. Let's see how you react. No one seems to understand God's protecting them from the evil to come. Let's go on to the next. For those who follow godly paths will rest in peace when they die. It's one of the favorite things they say in the hood, huh? Someone passed, rest in peace. You're like, I hope so. I hope they cried out to Jesus or they're not in any kind of peace. I hope they called out, called out to God. And my thing is, I cannot decide who's in heaven or not. The judge of all the universe is the righteous judge. But you say, man, they called out to God. We know someone, uh, Jorge, the worship leader, his, it was his wife's uncle. This guy, you know what he said? He said, I'm not, I'll be dead before I go to church. Well, guess what? He got his wish. The only way he came to church was in a coffin, but he cried out to God before he died. Miracle. You say, wow, yeah. Well, he made it to heaven, and the Lord says, well, you didn't send no rewards up here to build your mansion. You may have to be a gardener or something. You know, I don't know. But hey, he made it to heaven. Thank you, Jesus. And that's just me trying to keep the mood light, but who knows? No rewards. He gave, he gave his sick body to God, and that was it. The Lord says, remember your creator in the days of your youth. You say, man, but I came to God later. Well, you're still alive. That's young enough. Thank you, Jesus. Serve him. Remember your creator now. For those who follow godly paths will rest in peace when they die. Oh, man, that leads me to something powerful here. Let's do our first point this morning. I, was, I went off the reservation there. Thanks for bearing with me. But I had to get that out. The Spirit of God wanted you to know that and hear that this morning. I have no idea who that was for on the live stream or in church. And let me tell you this right now. I love the live stream. Praise God for it. Praise God for those listening right now, whoever you are. We love you. Thank you for taking part in our service. But how many of you know there's nothing like being here in person? I'm not throwing anybody under the bus. I'm just saying. The, was that a song from Motown? Ain't nothing but the, like the real thing, baby, or something like that. Ain't nothing. You know. And I almost sang it, but it was, it was already getting derailed. No, he thinks that's funny, but he can't sing either. No, he loves it when I'm off tune. He's all. Ain't nothing like the real thing, baby. So when you can, those watching the live stream, when you can, come on back over here. We're here. We're meeting. It's exciting. It's fun. But you were created to put God first. Someone say, I was created to put God first. That is your highest, loftiest goal and purpose in life is to put God first. What about me? Oh, when you take, you take care of business with God, go to Matthew 6.33. Many people have memorized this. It's the daily bread from the table. It's on the refrigerator. It's on bumper stickers. It's on T-shirts. But they didn't get a revelation of it yet. I pray God reveals himself to you today in this. Look at this. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Those of you who love King James Version, back in the day someone said, if King James Version was good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. Well, they didn't have English back then, champ. And uh, King James hadn't had it translated yet till 1611. But okay, King James Version says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. New Living says once again, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. That's the what about you right there, God. You take care of your business with God. You take care of your relationship with God. 
He'll take care of you. Did you know I've learned in marriage, and I married a, a darn fine, fine woman, an amazing woman in every aspect, but I've learned that in loving my wife and making her my priority in life, close second, right, right after God, my wife is my priority. And if I take care of her, she takes good care of me. You know what we did yesterday evening? It was powerful. We did, why are you laughing, baby? <laughs> Jen's like, I gotta get up out of here. I need to get outside and do something with my hands. She said, I'm gonna mow the lawn. I go, I'm gonna mow the lawn tomorrow. I, I'm not a macho man, right? But I'm always like, baby, don't mow the lawn. I got that. I got that. And she said, no, I'm gonna go mow the lawn. Just tell me how. How does that one work? And I'm gonna go do it. And she did a fine job. Well, while she was mowing the lawn, you know what I was doing? I was washing dishes. Sub, we subbed out or something, I don't know. I'm slow at dishes, but I'm thorough and I'm pretty good until it comes to the very end and then I'll leave one dish out. As a monument to my success. I'm like, see, it, the whole room could have, been filled with di- could have been filled with dishes like this, but baby, here's this one right here, the little measuring cup. And she's like, why do you leave one? I'm all, because so you know. But I did all the dishes yesterday. I did leave one little solo cup out because I'm going to reuse it for vitamins. You know those red cups? But I'm going to tell you right now, I do my best to take care of my wife, and I've noticed that she takes care of me. Well, in my relationship with God, the God of the universe, that is so, so amazing, so lofty, and so high. When you put God first, he says, he'll give you everything you need. I'm taken care of by God. There's times I don't, want, I don't know how we made it. Say, what? You mean y'all fell off the wagon? Oh, no, no. We were serving God, but we were crying out to God, saying, Lord. How many of you have ever been there? You said, no, Lord, I'm not going to let go of you, but please don't let go of me. I can't. I can barely hold on to you. Hold on to me. You were created to put God first. Somebody say amen if they can. I just love rhyming stuff. Let's go to Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13. Say amen if you can. That would be a good t-shirt. Let's go on a campaign. Here's what Solomon said. That's the whole story. Here now is my final conclusion. You ever read through Ecclesiastes? It's got some bright splashes of wisdom. It's got some dark marks of almost bitterness and, and depression and hopelessness. Ecclesiastes is interesting. Although it's full of wisdom, you can see that Solomon didn't serve God just right like he preached. But he, he knew this. He said, that's the whole story. Here now is my final conclusion. Fear God and obey his commands, for this is everyone's duty. Someone says, some, some say, this is everyone's purpose. This is what you were created to do. Fear God. Let's read that again. Fear God and obey his commands, for this is everyone's duty. God will judge us for everything we do, including every secret thing, whether good or bad. Say, what is my purpose in life? You know, it's interesting to me. Sometimes people go, this will be a point probably next week. They say, man, I know I'm created to put God first, but I'm not called to do that. You know how many times I've cleaned toilets here and replaced toilet paper and picked up boogers and whatever else? Is that gross to you? I can get grosser if that doesn't impress you. No, I'm serious, though. Things that I just serve, say, oh, that's not my job. I, I remember a man of God years ago told me, and he was a man of God. He told someone else, and I overheard him. He said, now that I'm a man of God, I don't have to work with my hands anymore. I don't have to do any physical labor. 
Dude, say that again now when I'm at this age, champ. Well, I'll take you down to Chinatown. What do you mean? You were called to serve, though. When you put God first, it's going to lead you to serve. Nobody in here and nobody on the live stream is this way, but, you know, some people go, I'll serve when it looks good. I'll be there for the photo op. Serving? No. Uh-uh. Get that up off Instagram and Facebook. Serve when nobody's watching. How about that? Serve when nobody knows about it. You say, you just brought up toilet paper. Yeah, I'm making an example. But there's other things that I do that no one will ever know until I get to heaven. That's the way it should be. Did you know scripture said, Jesus said, when you give, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. Can you imagine I went to give and I go, everyone check, look at my check. We don't use checks anymore hardly, but some of you may use checks. Say, look at my check, see how much I'm giving. That's between me and God. Say, but you have a bookkeeper. Yeah, that's between them and God. But I'm telling you right now, God created me to put him first. And in putting him first, I'm going to say, you know what? I love him, so I'm going to serve him. And in serving him, I'm going to serve what? Others. Amen, somebody. Praise God. You were created to put God first. Number two. Did you just notice this in the parable? You were designed for search and rescue. What's the name of that movie with Ashton Kutcher and the Quaid guy? Was it The Guardian? I think we saw it on our honeymoon in Miami, me and Jen, 2006. We, I, like, I like movie theaters, you know. And uh, go watch a clean movie. That was a pretty good movie. And, and they, those guys were Coast Guard. And they do search and rescue. You ever heard of dogs that do that? They do search and rescue. Specialized. Well, you as believers, you're called to do search and rescue. Did you notice the servant in the parable? God is sending him out to invite people to the banquet, and he is searching so that people can be rescued. So how does going to a banquet mean they're being rescued? It's the marriage feast of the Lamb is what that is. Getting to heaven, getting into the kingdom of God is rescue. How many of you know you needed a Savior? Someone will raise your hand. How many of you know you needed a Savior? That's right. That's right. You can't save yourself. Let's go to Jude 22. Jude 22. There's only one chapter in Jude, so you just go straight to that verse. Look at this. Rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. Some Christians have missed the point. We're going to reform everything. We're going to reform the police. We're going to do this. You can't reform the world, but you can snatch people from judgment. The world has to get worse and worse because Scripture says it. If the world doesn't get worse and worse, then Jesus was a liar. And how many of you know Jesus was not a liar? You hear Jesus talk in Matthew 24 and different chapters in the Gospels. He's talking about the world getting crazy. Things have to get worse. And you can't blame it all on climate change and junk. You can't. You, why is the world funky? It's because the fallen nature of mankind is there. He said, no, it's... You know, they, they said it last, you know, all these tornadoes and stuff, it's because of our carbon footprint. Dude, I'm going to just take a page out of dad's book from when we were kids. Dad, dad was a, you made, you made sergeant in the army, didn't you, dad? Shut up. No, this is, and you know, here's how you know that the green, green initiatives, many of them, not all of them, I believe we should take care of the planet. I don't think you should litter. I don't think you should be a, a bonehead. But listen, a lot of these green initiatives, you know what they talk about? There's too many people on the planet. Let's save, let's save the planet, but let's thin out the population. That is satanic, and that's a lie from hell. The population is going to get thinned out. You read the book of Revelation, but that's judgment. 
You should be saving people, right? Hear me today. You should be saving people by God's grace. Pulling them out of the flames of judgment and the world, it's going to get worse anyway. Here's something else. Here's a nice fact while we're there. Let me just throw this out for the Greenpeace folk. You say, Pastor, you hit me hard. I'm just saying, make sure your priorities are lined up. Make sure you believe truth. Did you know now there are more trees on the planet than there ever have been? You didn't know that. Look into it. We're losing trees. They've planted so many, they hide that from you. England has more trees now than they've ever had. Why? Because of all these initiatives. And that's great. They've planted a bunch of trees. But they'll tell you the rainforest is dying. Is it? Or is the soul of man dying? Rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. Show mercy to still others, but do so with great caution. Show mercy to people, but don't get involved in that sin. It's easy to do that. Heard, I've heard stories. I've seen pastors and regular folk and, and just people that said, man, I'm not a pastor, but I'm going to help. And you're called. We're called to help everybody. But you get involved. you got to be careful. You don't become part of their sin. Show mercy to still others, but do so with great caution. Hating the sins that what? Contaminate their lives. Ooh, let's read that whole text again. Rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. Show mercy to still others, but do so with great caution. Hating the sins that contaminate their lives. Scripture says, beware that whoever thinks they stand, take heed and, and watch out so that they don't fall. I don't get, look, I am ruthless with sin. I am. Learned this years ago, back at when we would visit Bethany Church, there's a quote that I learned from them years ago. We gotta be ruthless with sin, tough on sin. Merciful with people, but tough on sin. Forgiving with people, but tough on actions that do not line up with God's word. And then we coach immaturity. But your job in life, I'm telling you, as a believer, your purpose, you were designed for search and rescue. Rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. Show mercy to still others, but do so with great caution, hating the sins that what? Contaminate their lives. Anybody ever watch the show Chicago Fire? It's a pretty good show. They're always rescuing someone. I don't recommend the show because everyone's sleeping with everyone. Got to a point, I'm like, man, y'all running out of people. That... Anyway, I'm like, man, you guys are, they're worldly. So they're either sleeping with someone, rescuing someone from a fire, or drinking alcohol at the local bar. So I'm like, man, I don't know, man. I can't even watch this anymore. But it's so true. And they're drinking alcohol to get ready to go sleep with someone or to go, I hope they don't go drunk, to rescue someone from the flames. Five alarm fire. Here I am. No, they're off work, I'm sure, when they're doing all that. And I always wonder, who drives everybody home? But anyway, just, just some food for thought. You were designed to search and rescue. Don't be quiet about stuff. If God has placed someone in your life, say, man, hey, I know the answer. I actually have the answer. I have the answer. I'm not the answer, but Jesus is. You were designed for that. That's powerful. Tell the truth. Tell Share the gospel. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach. Preach. Wait, preach. I, I'm not a preacher. Proclaim. You think Mary Magdalene was a preacher? Fresh from the grave, Jesus told Mary Magdalene, go and tell. She was the first New Testament preacher after the resurrection of Jesus, a woman named Mary Magdalene. Wow, that's powerful. Let's go to point three today. Yes, you're designed for search and rescue, but you are placed here to pursue truth. Some of us are more conspiracy theorists than others. It's true. But you weren't placed here to pursue conspiracies. You were placed here, though, 
to pursue truth. Someone say truth. Why does truth matter? Because lies are hurtful. Lies mislead. Lies damage people's mind, will, and emotions. You were created for truth, and you were placed here to pursue such. God created you for truth. To know it. Jesus said you'll know the truth, and it'll set you free. To love it. Scripture talks about lovers of truth. Scripture also talks about those who don't make heaven in Revelation. It says those who love and make a lie. If you love lies and you don't love the truth, you can't love lies and truth at the same time. So to know it, you're called to do. To love it, to speak it, to believe it, to share it. And can I tell you guys something? When the light comes on, the darkness vanishes, doesn't it? You guys remember that parable from a few weeks ago? When truth is spoken, lies have no foundation. I love it when truth is spoken and lies are obliterated. You can be dealing with someone, they're lying, you go, wait, but what about this? They go, oh, uh, what I meant was, no, uh-uh. I remember years ago, we, there was a man of God. He was one of my teachers at the time. He said he went to a conference. You know, everyone was getting spiritual. You know how that is. Everybody was prophesying, I guess. I don't know. Some lady walked up to him and said, God showed me, sir, that he's going to give you a new wife this year. He said, that's not a God, I already have a wife. And you know, instead of saying, no, I'm a fool, I lied, I'm a false prophet, you know what she said? Well, she would say that, right? I'm sorry, I'm a false prophet. But anyway, you know what she said? She said, no, uh, God's going to give you a spiritual wife. Let's go back to the army. Man, shut up, right? Come on, man. You didn't hear from God. I, I've heard... People made predictions about President Trump and some other stuff, and some stuff really was from God. And there's other stuff they've predicted that's so crazy. I'm like, no. And they come back, and instead of humility going, I missed it, you know what they do? They go, no, what I think this meant was I just didn't really, no, you lied. We were placed here to pursue truth. Let's go to 2 Thessalonians 2.12. You'll like this one. So the opposite of truth is evil based upon this verse. Then they will be condemned. It's talking about those in the end times, the final days. They will be condemned for enjoying evil rather than believing the truth. Man, that reminds me of some songs from the world. Do you guys remember Tell Me Wise? Tell Me Lies? Tell Me Sweet Little Lies? Who was that? Fleet, Fleetwood Mac? Tell Me Lies? What? Why? And then another song came out in 2004. He said, baby, I don't want to know the truth if you're cheating on me. What? That's a problem. I don't want to know. No, what? They will be condemned for enjoying evil rather than believing the truth. That's crazy stuff. You got to believe and love the truth. Folks in the end times, the final days. And look now. Look, look, at, look at the stuff that's even coming out about COVID. Now watch how they're changing their tune. I told you. Not that I'm greater. I know. But it... I knew in my spirit there was a lot of lies surrounding that junk. A lot of lies. I'm not going to get into all that, but there's a lot of deception in this world. You've got to watch out for that. Jesus said, take heed that you be not deceived. That's King James Version. He said, be careful. You know what be not deceived means? Jesus said, real simply, be careful that you don't believe lies. Don't tell lies, but don't believe lies. Look at this verse, 1 Corinthians. This is a good text, not verse, I should say text. 1 Corinthians 13, and I'll begin to close, close it up with this. The love chapter. Someone say the love chapter. I love this chapter. All right. 
no pun intended. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud. You've read these verses. Or rude, it does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and keeps no record of being wronged. Man, God, I was reading this yesterday and God was really dealing with me about my love walk. I was like, been okay at that, been terrible at that. D minus, F, uh, B, D minus, you know, grading myself, said not good. It, true love does not rejoice about injustice. Now, this is agape love, according to the Greek, the divine love of God. you got to let the divine love of God flow in your life because Jesus now lives in you once you've accepted him. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. The love of God never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Jesus said in Matthew 24, he said, the love of many will grow cold that's the end times. You're seeing it now. People don't care. When you stop caring, the dragon's got you. you. Need to look into that story by Frank Peretti. Do I recommend it? Maybe. It's called The Oath by Frank Peretti. Kind of has a, a freaky little vibe there, but he's a Christian uh, novelist. And the story was that when people stopped caring, the dragon devoured them. Interesting. Say, I don't care anymore. I'll just brag about it. I'll just be a jerk. No, don't stop caring. Let your heart be soft with God. Let's go back a verse. What's the verse before that one? It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. So the quest for purpose, say, man, what is my purpose? Number one, you are created to put God first. Number two, you're designed for search and rescue. Share the truth that you've learned. Number three, remember, you gotta, you're placed here to pursue truth. As you're pursuing truth, you share the truth. You're placed here to pursue truth. So God first, search and rescue, and truth. Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes today as we pray together.